0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Hey, guys, my name is Alex, and you're listening to the Thousand Movie Project Podcast. Today's episode is about a book that I've been working on since roughly the beginning of October. been working on it kind of low-key, haven't been sharing it with very many people, except for the several thousands of people to whom it was announced by uh, its author. It is Steve Donahue, who has been a guest on the podcast several times. Steve is a full-time book critic, he lives in Boston, and he publishes most consistently in the Christian Science Monitor, but over the past, I think, 15 years that he's been doing it full-time, he has published in a million different places. He's constantly picking up jobs left and right. And over the past few months, I've been helping him to assemble a sort of themed collection of some of those reviews. And the theme that we settled on, given our mutual obsession in this particular topic, is presidential biographies. I ran the idea by Steve, he gave it his enthusiastic approval, and then I launched into the grunt work of finding these pieces from every corner of the internet, assembling them, editing them, formatting the ebook. It's been a huge project and I'm pretty sure that I've mentioned it on the podcast already. There is, if you are if you were linked to this episode by the crowdfund page, you probably have already visited the podcast because there is a secret locked episode on this RSS feed that will show you I think a totally unedited, hour-long conversation that I had with Steve. So yeah, I've mentioned this project before, I'm sure, but what I haven't mentioned is that it did get a little bit bumpy at one point, and we'll get into that. I had to step away to work on some other things, but now the holiday is done, the new draft of Cuba Fruit is in the hands of my agent, and I'm able to sort of jump back into this and tie things up. And I wanted to invite you, if you're interested, to head out to our GoFundMe campaign. There's a link to it in the description of this episode. And toss a few bucks into the jar, if you can. And by doing so, you will secure for yourself a chance to read that book and and to learn a lot of shit. The reason I jumped into this book and started getting it together is that over the past couple years, and it's a recurring topic here, I've jumped into two massive writing projects where I, for which I needed to suddenly learn a lot about the U.S. presidency, how it works, what the president can and cannot do, just the general ins and outs of that office and of that job. But it's really hard to do because the thing about the U.S. presidency is that there really isn't a list of what they can and cannot do, what the job's responsibilities do and do not entail. There are laws of course, that limit the president's power in one direction or another, but I'll be upfront with you. And you can tell me, like, oh, Alex, you're obviously not a very serious writer and researcher if you feel this way, but this is the way I feel. I'm not going to read a law book in an attempt to, like, research my book about magic spiders or whatever is happening in Cuba Fruit. People who are elected to the presidency, they, although there are limits to their power, they do tend to be charismatic people. And they tend to have tons of public and political influence and authority in a million different sectors. And the thing about being very charismatic and very influential and having weird disparate bits of authority is that you can kind of wheedle yourself into having other people do the things that you are not technically allowed to do or to make happen. So in order to understand the presidency, it doesn't really help to read a bunch of technical breakdowns of what the laws say, what you know where the president's authority ends. What is genuinely instructive though, when it comes to understanding how that office works, is to read the biographies of the the 40 something people so far who have occupied that office and who have used that power. And what I could not find when I was embarking on my own writing projects and I was trying to give myself a crash course on the presidency is some kind of beginner's guide, a slim book with a large scope that again encompasses basically just the ins and outs of the job. But when I put together a list of presidential biographies that Steve Donahue has reviewed, I saw that like in that list, there was a vague shape of the kind of crash course thing that I was looking for. And so I just started putting it together for my own sake, once I got Steve aboard, I started editing them. I wanted these things to feel conversational, so I trimmed away all of that professional language and made them more like essays. But once I had a pretty solid markup of the book and I presented it to Steve, and I was like, hey, book's almost done, can you start letting your audience know that this is coming out so that they can donate to the crowdfund, he like suddenly got like very apprehensive. And I think the, the seed of that, like, he, I don't know, it, it almost seemed like this wasn't going to happen. And I think the seed of it is that as we had been discussing this, his I, he was envisioning something like way more comprehensive. He I think he was anticipating like a tome that collected everything he had ever written about the presidency. But yeah, we we did come to that impasse where I was like, that's not at all what I wanted to do, like I wanted to do a very simple crash course thing here, something that takes us from the dawn of the American presidency and then very quickly catapults us up to the modern moment. Anyways, we had some powwows and we straightened it out and then he ended up promoting it on his YouTube channel and he attracted like a thousand dollars in donations. And the reason people were donating, whether it was five bucks, two dollars, twenty-five, hundred, for one thing, they like Steve, Steve, and they they want to make sure that you know someone can help him assemble his writing into a, a proper book. But also the donation, whatever amount of money you want to put in, gets you that ebook. But it also pays me. Uh, we this is the way that we sort of uh, rendered it into a phrase: the book is my project and Steve's product. So all of the money that is raised during the production of the book goes to me. All of the money that is raised from sales of the book go to Steve. And so basically, like, donations to the crowdfund are paying me for my time and effort, which I should be able to say with a little more spine, but it feels weirdly perverse to suggest that, like, I ought to be paid for this. And I think this is how the workforce has kind of screwed with my mind, and it's something I have bent Steve's ear about time and time again, but I've basically only ever worked minimum wage jobs or jobs in the service industry where the house can pay you less than minimum, wa- minimum wage because you're also getting tips. But I am a millennial and I partake in social media and one of the recurring notions in social media well speak, wellness sort of build yourself up kind of chatter, is this idea of knowing your worth. You've got to get out there, know your worth, and if somebody wants to pay you less than what you're worth, fuck them, go somewhere else, get what you deserve. And that's a good idea. I am all down with that, people getting paid what they deserve to be paid. On the other hand, as somebody who has only ever worked low paying labor jobs, nobody has ever told me in an official capacity, like as an employer, that my time and effort was worth anything. In fact, built into the wages, is a commentary on how much my time and effort is valued. When you're being paid minimum wage, you're being told by your employer, your services are so ephemeral, so inconsequential. I'm paying you the least amount of money that the police say I can. That's why when you applied for this job under the payment section, it simply said minimum wage, not a dollar amount, because in the off chance that minimum wage should go down, I will pay you less. Hence, When I went out into, like, the freelancing world, I would try to, like, get gigs as a proofreader, a writer, an editor, and then people would ask me for my fee, and I would have no idea what to say, especially on freelancing platforms where you are bidding. As the person who's going to do the job, you are bidding for the job, and you're getting lowballed by all these people who are willing to do a PhD thesis for 30 bucks. So I don't know. That's a whole riff. We don't have to get into it, but it's something I discussed with Steve, and he was a good sport in hearing me out because actually, let me me riff on it a little longer. I'm in this situation where like, I will explain to someone, yeah, I'm working at this restaurant or at this store and it's 15 bucks an hour, maybe 16, but it's 18 miles from my apartment. So I have to drive 90 minutes in either direction. And invariably, especially when I'm talking to older people, but also like people who are very immersed in social media well-speak. They're like, bro, why? Why are you doing that, bro? You're 31. Go, go write a book. Go write for somebody. Yeah, go, go write. I should write. Pero for homst, para quién? Am I supposed to do writing? Because if someone says to me, "Hey, I'll give you 30 bucks to write my term paper," and I, and I know that the term paper is going to take 15 hours, Instagram tells me that I should have the dignity to say, "Dude, that that payment is exploitative," and I sha Reduce myself to such slavish wages. But if I say that, then this prospective client is going to say, okay, and then he's going to walk away. He's not going to say, ah, you're right, here is $400. $30 was way off. Samsonite, forgive me. No, I, when I walk away from that opportunity, I'm I'm walking away toward Target. And the people at Target are going to pay you minimum wage, 15-something. But at the same time, they at least have the decency to say, Hi Alex, we're paying you minimum wage. But if you take a quick glance at the posture and the emotional composure of our staff all around this place, you'll see that minimum effort is a perfectly acceptable exchange. But we're gonna move on from that. The point is, this president's book, which will be done, done in its final form pretty soon, is available, if you're interested, by just throwing a few bucks at the GoFundMe page where you will find almost all of the content in the book. What I'm working on now with the help of an incredibly generous proofreader named Wilson is I'm fixing up formatting errors, a bunch of typos, and waiting on Steve's contribution of a couple of new introductory pieces for certain sections. By throwing a few dollars into the jar, you are securing yourself an advanced copy of this book, and you are helping helping a dude make money doing literary things. Make money doing literary things for the first time. If you like the show and you'd like to hear more of it, the most helpful thing you can do is uh, give us a positive review, either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. The higher our review, the the easier it is for me to get advanced book copies so I can sort of prepare some interesting content and secure some interviews with some high-talent names. Once again, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next time.